Friends with Kimberly Lavelle. This is Season 1, Episode 4, A Brief Overview of Specific Learning Disabilities. So in this episode, we're going to go briefly through specific learning disabilities. A major caveat, I am not a school psychologist, a neuropsychologist, an educational psychologist. This is not particularly my area of expertise, although I work with specific learning disabilities. I'm very familiar with a lot of this, so I'm going to try to just stay in my lane and talk about um, the very basics, just so you have a, a foundational understanding. So IDEA, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, which is a national federal law in the United States, states that specific learning disability means a disorder in one or more of the basic psychological processes involved in understanding or in using language, spoken or written, that may manifest itself in the imperfect ability to listen, think, speak, read, write, spell, or to do mathematical calculations, including conditions such as perceptual disabilities, brain injury, minimal brain dysfunction, dyslexia, and developmental aphasia. Disorders not included, specific learning disability does not include learning problems that are primarily the result of visual, hearing, or motor disabilities, of intellectual disability, of emotional disturbance, or of environmental, cultural, or economic disadvantage. So really briefly, that last part, the number two disorders not included, that's just stating that it has to do with the way your brain is processing. It does not have to do with any outside factors. If you can't see, you don't have a specific learning disability, unless you do in a different area, like an auditory processing. Um, if you can't hear, same type of thing. Motor, any physical disabilities, you're not, it's not a specific learning disability that's causing the problem. There's a different explanation. Again, if there's a different explanation that the intellectual disability, um, most often associated with a low IQ, that's a different explanation than a process. Emotional disturbance or any environmental, cultural, or economic disadvantage, that's not the process right? The basic psychological processes. So that's what we're going to get into today is the basic psychological processes. First, we're going to talk about is phonological. Phonological is that you can rhyme, segment, blend words. It's, it's manipulating the phonemes in words. So if you have a child who doesn't recognize that cat, hat, bat all rhyme, that child might have phonological processing disability, unless they haven't been exposed to rhyming. And then that's a separate issue, right? That's a limited um, educational experience that would be a better explanation. But if you've been practicing and practicing and they're not understanding, if when you say k, a, t, they don't know that that's together cat, and maybe they're beyond five years old, six years old, if they're nine years old and they're still not able to do that, there's a likelihood that there is a phonological processing disability. Unless, of course, like I said, it hasn't been practiced at all. Then there's a different explanation. Um, so phonological is about breaking words apart and manipulating the sounds within words, which also includes breaking words into syllables. The next one is auditory processing. So auditory processing has to do with processing what you are hearing, the sounds that you are hearing. This has to do with auditory awareness knowing who is who and where the person is speaking, attending to them, auditory discrimination, the distinguishing between auditory inputs, 
auditory identification, and auditory comprehension. Auditory comprehension we see a lot with kids struggling to understand the directions they're being given, stories they're being told. So if you if you read a child a story and you don't have any pictures and they don't have any idea what happened, it could be an auditory comprehension as part of the auditory processing um, disability or difficulty. Visual processing, these are some options in visual processing, visual discrimination, visual memory and sequential memory, visual spatial, visual form constancy, visual figure gap ground, visual closure. As I'm sure you can guess, visual processing has to do with your child's brain's ability to process the information that they are receiving. So they're, they're processing visual information. If they have a hard time understanding things, um, they, they might be, you know, if you, you're showing them a picture and they're not able to make a lot of sense of it, um, or they can't remember what you just showed them. So sometimes um, this shows up with showing a child a letter. They don't know what that letter, you tell them what the letter is. The next time they see it, they don't remember that they just saw it a second ago. So. That can be a visual memory. Um, visual discrimination might be that they don't know the difference between A and V because there's some similarity, but you have to be able to discriminate between them to know that there is a difference between those two letters. Okay, attention processing is a tricky one. Um, I'm not gonna go into too much because like I said, it's not my area of expertise. I do understand that it is distinctly different from attention deficit hyperactivity disorder into inattentive type, but they can look very similar. This is um, just the brain's ability to process where to place their attention and to maintain attention where they're needing to maintain attention. So again, it can look very, very similar to ADHD inattentive type, but attention processing is one of the basic psychological processes. Cognitive processing is all about the thought processes that are happening. So cognitive processing is your thought processes that is association, such as association, making connections between two things, like the connection between a fork and a spoon, um, between your pajamas and the bed, between whatever, you're associating a couple of things. Conceptualization, you're coming up with a concept, a bigger idea, about information that you've been given. So this is like figuring out that, oh, that isn't a horse, that's a dog, because you've given it, been given enough information that you're coming up with this new idea, you're figuring out something new. And the expression is expressing yourself, whether it's auditorily, like in speech, or visually in what you're drawing, um, any, any way that you're expressing yourself is part of the, the cognitive processing. Sensory motor processing is all about your body, your senses, your functioning of all of that. So it's knowing where your body is in space. It's um, what's laterality and centering are all about crossing the midline either which means the middle of your body. So either laterality is the middle of your body, 
if you picture a line going straight down your forehead, through your nose, through your mouth, through your neck, through your chest, all the way down, that, and then you cross like your right arm over to your left side. You cross your left arm over to your right side. That is laterality. Being able to do that easily and without a problem. Um, reaching with your right arm across your body to grab something on your left side. That's laterality. If that's very easy for you, you don't have sensory, sensory motor processing difficulty in that area. Um, but if it's difficult for your, you or your child, there might be something there. Centering is also midline, but it's top to bottom. So being able to like bend over and pick something up and, and have that really work out well for you. Um, personally, I see a lot more issues of body and space or laterality, um, not so much the centering. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about the, the big um, dyslexia. Everyone, everyone seems to always think that if there's anything wrong with their child's learning, maybe it's dyslexia. That's a really big one lately. And it very well could be because dyslexia is extremely common. It's a major um, disability. And it's a little complicated <laughs> because it's rather, rather heated or debated on how to define it, what it exactly it is. But the one thing that I think everyone agrees on is it's a disorder in a child's ability to read and spell. And some won't even agree about the disorder. It's a difference in a child's ability to read and spell. It's a difficulty with the traditional reading and spelling methodology. Um, most often it has been associated with the phonological processing. So if your child is showing poor phonological processing, it's highly likely that there might be a dyslexia component to it. Um, and that should be explored. Dysgraphia is a difficulty with writing. The graphia is writing, so dysgraphia, difficulty with writing, and dyscalculia is that difficulty with mathematics. So if your child is struggling on only with mathematics, it could be dyscalculia. Again, I am not an educational psychologist, school psychologist, neuropsychologist. These are not my areas of expertise per se. I am more about taking all of whatever this is and how to educate those children, but I wanted to go into just some really brief overview of what all of that is so that you kind of know what we're talking about when we get into that. And you know who to seek out if you are having difficulty or when to seek out um, an assessment if you're noticing difficulty with your child. So definitely check into all of that. Um, I wanted to, so this has been Decoding Learning Differences with Cameron Lavelle, Season 1, Episode 4, a brief overview of specific learning disabilities. If you have any questions on that, you can always email me at Kimberlyn at yourparenthelp.com, and I look forward to hearing from you.